One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast. It may look like a medieval castle on the outside, but inside is a different story. Jedburgh Jail was built in 1823 on the site of the town's medieval castle, which was destroyed in 1409. When it was built, the Jedburgh Prison was considered a model for other jails. The jail closed in 1868, but almost a century later, it was restored and opened to the public as a museum. Many hangings took place inside the walls of this Georgian building, and a lot of the paranormal activity can be linked back to some of the men that were hung here. One of the suspected spectres is that of Edwin MacArthur, a prisoner who was executed here in 1855. Who was he? And why is his ghost haunting this site? In recent years, visitors report being touched by unseen hands, hearing doors bang closed on their own, and more disturbingly, to have seen full-bodied apparitions, orbs, and shadowy figures. Hi, I'm Anne. And I'm Renata. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we unlock the gates of Jedburgh Jail in Scotland and look into the ghosts that still seem to be locked behind bars. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the centre of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hey Renata, welcome back yet again. Oh, I'm so excited to see a face, a human face with flesh. Yeah, sorry, it's mine. Yeah, well, it'll do. <laughs> when you're desperate, you know. I know, you'll take anything, I know. Yeah, I've very sadly been locked down for a week with my diseased husband who got the Rona. And uh, he got banished to the spare bedroom and we we tried to avoid each other wearing masks in the house. And uh, I would leave offerings of food at his door when well, I felt like it. And 
um, it's it's been the seven days. So the seven days mm. is up and I took my last Rona test and I missed it. I didn't get it. Mm. And you know what? I think he enjoyed every single second of it. There was a... no one to stop him from being on the laptop. Yeah, and uh, there was no one to tell him that he had to wear clothes to work. So no. he spent a week naked. And when I had I'm to I'm so go... glad you're telling the whole I, world I'm this. Not... <laughs> let's let's <laughs> just say... Everyone should share your pain. It was traumatic. Um <laughs> He he's uh, a rather hairy man. Let's just say. <laughs> we used to call him the Wookie. Yeah, you your own Yowie experience. And curly hair, like he's got oh, thick on his don't legs. On his legs, Renata. Where are you going? Sparrows. I don't want to know. But let's just say when he dropped don't something just, and bent just, over, just, think of some hairy kiwi fruits in a stocking, and you've got it. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love my husband so much. Uh, <laughs> right. And in the meantime, uh, you, you've left us all in a big kerfuffle. Yes. Because we have had to soldier on with yeah. our tours Can and I just say, everything. You soldiered on way too good as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. I just felt like I was no longer needed. <laughs> Oh, it's so awful when you feel that, isn't it? You it kind is. of go, I must be so important. Everything's going to fall the apart when I'm stop. not there. The world will stop. And then you realise, oh, they're doing really well without me. Yeah. Damn. Bastards. <laughs> yeah, um, and you even did the Spooky Sunday radio show without me. I, well, kind of. Kind you of. were there for 30 the minutes. Phone. Yes. Um, I, oh, and speaking of which, by the time this episode goes to air, guys, there is a new podcast for you to listen to. Ooh, it yes. is Spooky Sundays. It is our radio show on Newcastle Live Radio, which they've turned it into the, the podcast. And so you just look up Spooky Sundays, Newcastle Live Radio, or just Spooky Sundays. It should be there. And you'll see the picture of uh, her mug and my mug on the, the front there. And uh, it's in green and white, I think, the yeah. little logo. And this is what we get up to every Sunday evening from 8 p.m. to 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. yeah. You can listen live yeah. if you want. The best bits. And the thing is, it's it's worse than True Hall. <laughs> there are there are no barriers to what we shall talk about. Yeah, except the oh, yeah. Well, I think we are better behaved on here. <laughs> we are we are better behaved on here. So, how's our plans for for the UK trip going? Because I think we'll be just about to leave when this episode comes out. Yes. Um, well, we're not quite finished putting everything into place, but uh, almost there. Uh, and I have to say that this is the tightest turnaround we've ever had when it comes to going oh, away. I can Tight turnaround. <laughs> We've kind of never left it this late. We normally start planning in a, a year ahead. Yeah. Because we get so excited. And I realise that um, the world is sort of suffering from a little of PTSD when it comes to travelling. A little. And well, it comes to travelling and to um, looking forward to uh, events. Yeah. I, I'm wondering whether we're still going to be here. I mean, is, is this is this even blown going to go out to people? Just make sure you're listening to the True Hauntings podcast as you go down. <laughs> oh, no, oh don't. hello, no. <laughs> don't. No, oh, I'm just hoping and praying for safety and, and for calm um, to win the day here and for people to stop doing their little, you know, power dances around the world. No more sabre rattling, guys. Just stop it. Oh, stop it right now or we'll have to come over and slap you. I don't know if I ever a turkey slapped them. No. Um, I don't know if I ever told you about a play I did at the school. <laughs> I don't know whether we you're all, ready for another story of yours. We all, we all love Ed stories. 
Anne's stories are fabulous. Please. I'm recovering from the Chanel. <laughs> Anne's glorious story about the Janolan Caves. It's the last one we did, so go back and listen to it. It's All right. No, this is not this is not naughty. This is okay. actually a really good idea. Okay. I um I I can't remember if I was in the play. Oh, shut up. I can't remember if I was in the play or whether I just watched the play, but it was about, um, and it was done when I was in high school, so it's that sort of level of play. Um, that was about two world leaders who were fighting against each other and they were saying nasty things and they were getting more um, riled up against each other and standing up and, and mm-hmm. pointing the finger and, and I'll declare war on you. No, you'll de- I'll declare war on you. Oh, we'll drop every bomb and then the the room was taken over by these these people who've run in and said okay you're about to declare war not a problem but what you're doing is you are committing thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people to die or have their lives ruined forever mm-hmm. so if you are going to take that step you have to be our glorious leaders and show us your commitment by taking your own lives first and then we can go to war and guess what happened they didn't. They miraculously solved all of their issues. Yeah, yeah. If they would only step forward, both of them, or whoever else, and be the first ones, like they used to in the olden days, yeah. you know? Let's, let's just create a um, patch of dirt with a line in the middle. Give them both guns and go 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 for it first. Go on, off you go. I don't know if I want to go that far. We'll watch. But <laughs> I just I like the idea that if these world leaders who are committing their people to these atrocities, you know, if they're prepared to say my people will die for this cause, then they should be prepared to die for it first before anyone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, that's that's a little bit of not funny talk. No. How dare we do this? So. Jedbra. Jedbra. We, we had to learn how to say this. There's a few little outtakes there, which I will try to save, um, of Renata trying to say Jedbra, Jedbra, Jedbra. And Jedberg. Jedberg. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's spelled J-E-D-B-U-R-G-H. So looking at it in our pronunciations, we'd say Jedberg. Yes. But it's Jedbra. Jedbra. And we're going there. We are. In a couple of weeks. If it's open. Let's hope it's open. Well, everything's reopening. Um, well, it's the 1st of March that they're recording today. So everything was reopening today. And those who are following the trauma of the Japan Airlines flight and us oh. having to be in the, the bloody airport for 18 hours because we wanted this premier economy flight. And then they ended up cancelling the whole thing on us anyway. Japan has reopened to the public. What a slap in the face. And so we've now lost our premium economy and we've found out that the flight that we're coming home from Heathrow to Australia is 16 and a half hours for the first leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to take lots of Valium with us. <laughs> oh, that'll, that'll be a tin can in the air with a lot of crazy people on yeah. it. We'll be we'll be ready to please like... send money so we can upgrade. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> we'll be ready to choke someone by then. Oh, oh the restless leg syndrome will be oh, happening. Going to be cross, awful. Uncross, cross, oh. uncross. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. We oh. both suffer from it. So yes, we do. We'd have to try and coordinate so it look like we're doing a choreographed routine behind the chairs. Yeah, I used to see. I, I used to get up and walk. Um, you know, and at least stand up at the back or something. But um, I kind of, the last couple of times we went, I didn't do that. 
Um, yeah, I remember the last one. I sat there for like seven hours straight and didn't move and you thought I was dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just went into this, I think I was meditating. <laughs> no, I took a Valium. Oh. And I just decided that I was just going to sit here and be at peace because I could not change anything about the situation that I'm in. So I'm just going to close my eyes and and, and embrace it. And I... It didn't feel that long to me. And then you've turned around to me at the end and gone, you didn't move for like seven hours. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yes. <sighs> I will, we all need medication. We will. Mm. Let's, maybe some of the free alcohol will help too. Yes. Yeah. But no bubbles. Bubbles are Why? apparently quite bad. Oh, no one likes bubbles. Because no bubbles... Bubbles kind of do things in your stomach when you're up in the air and they they can give you cramps. Or they might so give no, Anne a fart. <laughs> no bubbles. You can go fart in that little bathroom. And if you have any <laughs> tips on how to get through a long-haul flight, please send it to... Oh, Anne at ozparatech.com. Yeah. There, it's, a, uh, it's A-N-N-E at O-Z-P-A-R-A-T-E-C-H.com or just message us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now right. let's let's get to the story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah brother. <laughs> this was the Simply Ghost Knight's first team visit to Jebra Jail, which sits neatly on top of a hill. You see the imposing silhouette of the castle in all its glory. As we're greeted by the friendly Elliot, the custodian of the castle, we were led through corridors into the hub of the building. The castle is split into three cell blocks, and the main building, too, with so many areas to investigate and steeped in so much history, Jebra Castle is a must for any intrepid paranormal investigator. We began with a group vigil in one of the cell blocks, with prison cells running down each side, and a similar layout upstairs, too, as we held hands in a circle. Calling out for spirit communication, we all heard tapping coming from an entry cell further up the corridor. About the same time, a K2 spiked to Morag and James' excitement, and Keith suddenly exclaimed that he had seen a figure near the stairs of the cell block. As we continued to call out in the empty cell block, all of a sudden we heard the unmistakable sound of a heavy cell door opening from the vacant floor above us. Simon and David went up to investigate the noise. They found no one up there and the fact that it was a windless night added to our consternation. We then broke up into smaller groups in our quest for spirit communication. In one of the other cell blocks, the group attempted a Ouija board experiment. However, it soon became clear that the spirits would only communicate with a Scottish voice or a Geordie voice. This meant when Stuart, Rosie, Simon and Mel called out, there was no response. It was as though the spirits of Jedburgh Castle Jail refused to speak to more southern-accented members of the Ghostbusters. The group made spiritual contact with a former inmate called William, who claimed to have been a debtor and that he had been married. When Morag asked him his age, the glass went to 47. Carolyn asked if he was from Jedburgh and the glass moved to yes. The group continued to ask personal questions and William answered them and the group built up a picture of his life in and around the castle jail. In another jail cell, a group attempted 
table tipping. And to their amazement, after calling out to the spirit world, the table began to tip. Which delighted Keith, James, Donna and David. The table tipped to each participant in turn and the group asked for the table to spin. The spirits of Jedburgh obliged and the table began to spin. We then conducted a Victorian seance and asked for the spirits to tap on the table on request. As the spirits copied our tapping on the table, Morag and Simon both said that they seen a ghostly shadow moving along the corridor. With the K2 spiking on request, the spirits of Jedbrook Castle were really making an effort to communicate with the group of our brave ghost hunters. We also experienced incarnate voices as well to the group's excitement. With so much activity, we were quickly beaten by the clock and the event had come to an end. It had been one of the best experiences we had seen for some time as we thanked our guests, Elliot and the spirits of Jebra Castle, for all their assistance with communicating with our brave ghost hunters. We made our way to our cars and the journey home still buzzing with excitement with what we had witnessed at Jedbra Castle Jail. I need a pex and a lie down after that soundscape. I um, couldn't quite get my tongue around it and I was pausing and stuttering and carrying on and in the, I had to actually stop it halfway through and go and make a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I got it sorted. I've, got, mm-hmm. I've put a few full stops and commas in there and that helped. But that was from simplyghostnights.co.uk. It was a blog post that you sent to me and it was about all their experiences at the jail. Mm. Mm. Some great stuff there. Yes, some interesting stories. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take you back uh, prior to the jail history and oh, just tell I you a need, little bit about the castle history. I need to get my um, my theremin out and do the Doctor Who theme so I can go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually, I'm actually glad that I found this um, and even more... Uh, happy that I found a picture associated with it because when you read about these structures of these old castles you, you can't kind of picture in your head what they're talking about but when you actually see it laid out you go oh yeah it makes sense what a weird it looks a little bit Aztec-y really oh and I'm going to very quickly show you the picture and what I'll do is I'll put it up on the True Hauntings podcast oh, page. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, um, of how the castle was constructed on this on this spot. So what I'm looking at here is that um, it looks like an old Mayan temple where, yes. where you've got the road going up to the top, which is made of stone, on the top of this hill. So mm-hmm. there's, there's this mound, and at the top there is a wooden keep and a, a little castle, and then you go down the, the road and there is um, a wooden round wooden and fence with some very pretty cottages with smoke coming out of them. Mm-hmm. So someone's having supper and they've got a moat spelt M O T T E. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, I will put this picture up because it's actually quite fascinating. And this was a style of uh, making castles back then. Back in the day. Back in the day. They don't make them like they used to, you know. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, but it explains when you go to some of these countries overseas why you see certain um, shapes in the countryside associated with where the castles were. It makes mm-hmm. more sense. A lot of that's gone now, obviously. Uh, so um, 
There's nothing left of the old Jedburgh Castle except some masonry, um, but it's very easy to see why they placed the castle where they did because it had a commanding view of Have the countryside. Yep. They weren't there for the view. Yep, and it was really the centre of the town. It was very, very much the centre of the town. And I'll, I'll just go back to my notes here uh, because it says that... Shuffle, 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 shuffle. <laughs> Somewhere here. I've, I've ended up having to number my pages because I get them in such a state sometimes I just can't find it anymore. I'll, I'll get to it. I won't, I'll just keep going. Keep going. You just keep going, so, Renata. The very first castle on the site was a uh, wooden mot or moat, as we would say it now, mot, M-O-T-T-E, and bailey structure. And it was built in the first half of the 12th century by David I. So the mo- it was a moat. Yes. So was there was a, a wooden a thing on top yes. and then the moat, because it wasn't a wooden mot. No. So it wasn't a wooden <clears throat> moat. <laughs> so the mot was actually dry. It was a dry mot. So it wasn't filled with water. It was a ditch. Was and, and that's... <laughs> that's a remember, fancy word for ditch. Remember uh, that we had the differences between... A, a ditch that went down and then one that was filled with water. Yeah, so it was it vaguely. was to make it harder and harder for people to actually get up to the keep yeah. uh, and destroy the place. That's what the whole thing was about. Um, and so a Mott and Bailey Castle is a European fortification with a wooden or stone keep situated on a raised area of ground called a mot, accompanied by a walled courtyard or bailey surrounded by a protective ditch and palisade. Oh, they did mention the word ditch. Yeah. So it that sounds really like, how does that even look? So I am going to definitely um, put this picture in. You will get a complete understanding of what I'm talking about. This picture is awesome. So the Mott was a large earthen mound with a ditch surrounding its base. It was often artificial, meaning it had to be built by piling up earth, but sometimes it incorporated pre-existing features in the landscape, like a nearby hill. So if they could find a hill, that was awesome because they could just build already what's there. Otherwise, they had to bring in all of this dirt and everything and sort of create an artificial mot. Now, that was flattened on top, and that's where the wooden keep would be. Uh, and there was always a steep embankment, so um, which was called the scarp, uh, which if you wanted to go, God, they must have been fit. If you wanted to go up into it, um, you kind of—it was literally like climbing a hill. Imagine the Aztec, yeah. the Aztec buildings. You, you say they're fit. They also didn't live very long. No, they so didn't. So all this hard work <laughs> is not good for you. I'm just saying. So the keep on top of the mot was the castle's primary defensive element. It was surrounded by a protective wall. Now, hang on, I just the, want to clear something up. So the mot is not the moat. The mot is the hill. The mot is the hill. Oh. But it had a, a, a ditch. It had a ditch at the it bottom ha- of the hill. It had a ditch. So they had to go straight, Which was then the down, and yep. then up. That's it. <laughs> it's very... Sorry, I'm yeah. a little slow, everyone. So I, I didn't do too well at school. The keep was um, made from wood, but later on it um, would have been made with stone. You had to carry that stone up that bloody hill to do it. And small mots could only support a, a simple tower, but larger mots could support more complex structures uh, with multiple rooms. So it was all about the size of your mot. <laughs> How big's your mot? It's reasonable. It's you don't need to pick on my mot. <laughs> 
so how big's yours? I suppose you think you've got something to brag about, do you? The keep on top of the mot was the castle's last line of defence. So once they burnt and pillaged the village, that's when they headed to the mot and that's when they scaled it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to scale your mot right now. <laughs> I hope and it's worth it. That's where the lord of the castle and his wife usually lived. Uh, larger towers were often equipped with cellars and granaries, more living rooms and rooms for the watchmen and servant, for servants. But normally, look, in the early years, it was only a small mot. <laughs> now, the bailey, the bailey, the bailey uh, refers to the yard formed by flattening an area around the mot and alongside it. And the yard was surrounded by a wooden fence called a palisade. And then there was a ditch. I'm actually learning a lot. Yeah, so you had the bailey was where all the domestic stuff was had. So you had stores and kitchens and halls and chapels and barracks and workshops. And that's where the plebs lived. All right. right the, the workers, mm-hmm. yeah, down below, where, all, where it was smelly. And the king and his beautiful wife were up on top. You know, with his with his band of merry men, right? Um, now, okay. Well, you know, this is all the stuff that I learned in history at school, which we, you, we didn't think we'd did, ever have to know. I know, I know, and like I didn't really pay any attention to it. And all of a sudden, I'm going, oh. I get it now. Yeah. So yeah. all those parents have got their kiddies listening to this one. We're educational as well. That's right. Okay, so this is what the original castle looked like. And then because it kept on being, because it was on the border of Scotland and England and because that border kept on shifting all the time and the Scottish were taking land from the English and then the English were taking the land of the Scottish, this was kind of an area of, of bloodshed. And horrendous battles over and over um, for, with from all the years. So 1165 is uh, when it became a royal castle there, uh, and that's where uh, David's grandson. We were talking about David the first. His grandson uh, was killed. Um, with another successor coming in, Malcolm IV in 1165. And we go through all of those years where it goes back and forth and back and forth. um, And it eventually returns into Scottish hands. So in 1185, the castle was uh, returned to the Scots. And Richard the Lionheart (laughs) terminated the agreement in return for 10,000 silver marks. Um, That was a lot of money back then. Again, uh, over the centuries, as said, changed hands several times and then in 1409 Jedburgh Castle was now a stone structure and it was demolished by the Scots to prevent it from being occupied again by the English so they did so they destroyed their own castle they destroyed their mot yes so you've just told us all of that and they ripped it down and it doesn't matter anymore it's gone <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you for that history. Is there more? Yes. Oh, what happens next? I'm riveted. On that site, (laughs) they decided to put the jail, right, the jail. And uh, it was constructed in the 1820s and it was overseen by a gentleman called John Howards, who was a prison reformer at the time. And he had gone throughout the countryside and looked at all other prisons and thought, they are (laughs) shitholes. They are 
horrendous. Sorry, all the parents who were giving their children a history lesson. <laughs> they were. You can explain to them that that was just a hole in the ground that people used to poop in. Yeah. A jail, yes. And so he decided that he would create some prison reform. Um, and I've, just, I've got a, piece, a bit of information here that I'll, I'll share with you. So this whole idea of prisons and what prisons were used for um, was changed radically by John Howard. And, it's not uh, the Australian no, Prime Minister, no, was it John no, Howard? No, no, no. No, no. Okay. no. But before 1820s, felons were either usually executed... And petty criminals were either banished or transported to the colonies. That's us. That's us. <laughs> yes. yes. I, think, I think my stock com- comes from the convicts. Mm. Mm. Mine don't. Yes, uh, I so know. You, you came by boat, didn't you? You're boat people. That's <laughs> no. all right. I'm, I'm a felon. You're, you're boat people. What, what can we do here? We have a coat of arms. Thank you very much. Oh, well, hello. I've got a coat. <laughs> So prisons collected people awaiting trial more than anything else um, to prevent them from escaping before the trial took place. That was really all. So it was a a confinement area. That was it. It was not about keeping them safe, looking after them or whatever. If people died in there, good, excellent. One less thing they had to deal with. One less thing we have to deal with. So the more you could poke into an old, horrible, dirty, smelly hole, hole, A.K.A. <laughs> shithole. Yeah, I know. That's, then, that's not really good. I'd suggest some, having some cleanness about before you, you dig into dirty old holes. Mm, the, you know, the better. So the courts really, they took very little interest in the conditions of the prisons. Yep. So prisons were filthy. They were overcrowded. They were disease They were peasants. They, were, uh, they had debtors, criminals and children and the unconvicted all crushed in together. Now, imagine. Mm. Imagine, yep. And males and females, if I remember correctly. Males, females and, and children. children. Yeah. Mm. So in the uh, 12th century fort... Oh, and this was back in the day where women were jailed for being raped... Yes. ...because they had tempted the man. Yes, yes. So these poor women who had suffered were stuck in the jail with men. Mm. Plus, I mean, women, there, there was no such thing as, you know, women working. So, you know, the man worked and if, if your husband died, which they often did, mm. women outlived them, um, you were a widow. Yeah. And so you had to make due with what you could, having given birth to like seven or eight or nine children. Yeah. And uh, look after them and look after yourself. Yep, yep. Sorry, I interrupted yep, you. Sorry. Fancy me doing that. So the jail was built on the old site of, of this castle that was there. And in 1923, it was... Ho- sorry, 1823, it was housing some of the most notorious criminals in the area. So Jedbra itself lies in a troubled location, as I said before, on the Scottish borders and has seen the border change between the Scots and the English many times. So, so it's were, in what they call the borderlands, I'm assuming. Yeah, so many rivals, many people who were ready to do each other in and, you know, just cause grievous harm to each other because they were interacting um, and you had Scots and English mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So many people were executed in Jedburgh before the jail opened on this location. The um, site actually held the city gallows for many years. And 
Since the jail opened, murderers such as James Rogers, John Wilson were executed there. Uh, Robert Scott was imprisoned there. And um, he actually travelled from Jedburgh Jail on a cart to face his executioner um, for the journey. So it was also this thing of, well, it was a public spectacle. Yeah, it was. It was entertainment. They didn't have Netflix. Uh, By the way, if Netflix would like to sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) So previously, jails in the United Kingdom were known to be small, filthy, overcrowded, and jailers were not paid. So they often relied... They were paid? They often relied on bribes. Oh, Mm. wow. That is just setting up for corruption. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, This new jail was built based on a report from John Howard uh, that looked to improve conditions inside as well as carrying out punishment. Now, I I think he wrote about a 500-page report on this, so he was very, very thorough. That's a lot of papyrus. Yes. So men and women were to be separated. The more serious criminals that were kept were to be kept separate again. And most of the time it would be one person to a cell although it would fill up around the high court visits. So sometimes there were two people to a cell. Now, this is outstanding. This is crazy. Now, it was still a tough place to be, and many criminals were brought in to face what they called jedit justice. Now, the term originated from the earlier days, and it was really... The whole thing about gender justice was hang first, tried later. <gasps> so they just didn't really yeah. care. They just, no, so just, just, just string just, them up. Yeah, string them up. Just hang them. We'll yeah. worry about them. And then the evidence comes to light. It wasn't them. Oh, well, bugger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> apparently the last person to be hanged at the jail was subsequently found innocent. <sighs> And I do have his name somewhere. I might mention it. So uh, executions were carried outside in front of the building and shops would close on execution days so that that the town folk could walk up the steep hill to get a spot. Now, remember, they would be walking up the mot. The mot. (laughs) Like the Aztec thing where they're going to have the sacrifice. Oh, by the way, if you hear groaning noises in the background, it's not actually Renata trying to move in a chair. I've got our dogs in here. I forgot that I hadn't taken them out because they were so quiet. Yeah, they are being quiet. So they close close all the shops down on execution days. Yay! Yay, it's an and execution! It, yeah, and everyone would walk up the steep hill to get a spot. It was also mentioned... A spot on the mot. It's got to be a T-shirt, that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my spot on the mot! <laughs> uh, yes! Now, uh, it's also mentioned that some shops would claim a piece of the hanging rope afterwards and sell it for souvenirs. <gasps> and that was called money for the old rope. Oh, you know what? We'd pay for that, wouldn't we? Oh, we would. We would. (laughs) Yes. Because we're sickos. So, Jed... Jedbra. 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 I'll leave that in because I love it. Leave it in. Don't cut that body. Keep going, Renata. Keep going. Jedbra Castle Jail is the only remaining example in Scotland of a prison designed in line with the ideas of the great prison reformer that we have mentioned, John Howard not our former Prime Minister. Now, it opened in 1823, and the jail was considered to be one of the most modern in its time. Oh, modern? Now, they get Netflix and, and 
YouTube and now, as I mentioned before, Howard did write a 500-page expose, which he called The State of Prisons in 1777, and it was, by all accounts, a shocking account of the appalling conditions in the British jail, British jails. The, the what jails? The British the jails. P- pretty jails. <laughs> uh, his reforms began a new era in prisons based on what he thought was a more human and humane way to keep people incarcerated and he proposed a better diet fresh air <gasps> exercise you mean they're going to get fed and religious education oh, i know can't it's have everything. ridiculous um can i just say it didn't last long no no it didn't it, last long the people don't like change yeah even they, today they don't like change it actually went worse because it went into the silent system after that oh. which was brought out here to australia where you know prisoners couldn't even look at each other no. or and they were in silence 24 hours like, a day. No, i've just done that for a week where i've been locked down and it's a nightmare yeah yeah now howard was honored as the first civilian with a statue in st paul's cathedral and even today, the Howard Reform League actually exists. And these people, I actually looked it up to see um, and read a little bit about them. They have a web page and they have um, many people that work on reforming um, the jail system and helping and assist those that are incarcerated in jails nowadays. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a stunning bit of... Um, trivia that i found on, oh, on the trivia. site yes thank you and this is this is like right now right right this week this week there are seventy nine thousand two hundred and sorry seventeen seventy nine thousand seven hundred and twenty four people in prisons and young offender institutions in england and wales Okay. Reducing this number would help to protect people living and working in prisons during the coronavirus coronavirus pandemic and make it safer for all of us in the long term. So at the moment, over 79,000 people are incarcerated in jails in England and Wales. Uh, right right now. Right right this second. Right wow. this second. Isn't it amazing? So they've, it's a great, um, I guess... Um, thing to have left behind as someone who wanted truly to create reform Mm. Um, yeah but these things don't work really well now just to finish up uh, the castle has had many people visit it with regard to paranormal investigations Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there are many stories about ghosts Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. haunt the site and i've i've did find a little bit of information but i'm going to leave you with that just in case i don't do it you can you can have it later yeah 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 yeah. uh the castle was investigated by the ghost club Yes, I know. In 2008. Yes, I know. Uh, it was uh, investigated by Most Haunted yes. during its 11th season, and even kindred spirits have investigated. Yeah, I tried to find their summaries and things. I couldn't find it. Yeah, in 2019. And the last person to be executed at the prison, Thomas Wilson, was later to be found innocent of his crimes. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mm. There you go. I'm just excited that we're going to be there. Yes. And apparently entry is free. Mm. Like, who does that? We found that there were a number of places in Scotland and Wales that were actually free. They weren't in England, but they were in Scotland and Wales. Literally the moment you go over the border, it's all free. And Ireland. There were so many places you could go to in Ireland as Mm. well. Mm. Oh, hang on. While I think of it. I want to give a quick shout out to someone. Now, um, we put a post up in uh, on Facebook that we were coming to Ireland on a um, Northern Ireland sort of paranormal page. And we had this beautiful soul reach out to us. Uh, Shadow Hunter Cat, her name is. And she introduced herself as being part of the Northern Ireland um, Shadow Hunters, Shadow Hunters Northern Ireland Paranormal Team. And apparently they run tours at the Crumlin Road Jail. Ooh. And guess what, Renata? They've invited us to go ghost hunting with them. Oh, that's going to be so exciting. <gasps> Show me a sign, spirit. Show me a sign. I'm so excited. They're going to take us in there. Just you, me, and hopefully Danielle, if she can get up there. That's our Aussie correspondent who now lives in, in Ireland. Yes. Um, and the, the, so thank you guys so much. And thank you to the bosses who allowed this to happen to take little old ghost grannies Anne and Renata in, the naughty aunties. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will ask if we can do some live feeds and we'll definitely share that with our um, our wonderful followers back in Australia and all around the world too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. first off, I just wanted to give them a shout out and a big thank you. So is it my turn now? It is. More. All right. <clears throat> so... I'm going to start with a summary of the ghosts because that's what we sort of started out the whole thing when you read that out. I thought, well, that's my job done. So we have a uh, Edwin MacArthur. Yes. Who is mentioned. Yes. Uh, there is a Piper, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, bagpiper, that is heard. Uh, the audible stuff that they hear is loud screams and disembodied whistling. Mm-hmm. 
they have visuals of full-bodied apparitions, unlike me that's a full figure. Mm -hmm. Uh, They see strange lights, shadow figures are seen. Um, It it was funny in this particular report that I found, uh, I think this was from the Ghost Club, intelligent was dash. (laughs) So... (laughs) I think that means there was nothing intelligent there. Maybe it's all residual. Oh, okay. Sensory, people report being touched by unseen hands. <laughs> Poltergeist activity, uh-huh. doors uh, have been known to bang on their own and pebbles being thrown at visitors. Oh, the old stone throwing ghosts. I know. And like the, that's a very traditional poltergeist activity to yes. have these stones thrown and that's a worldwide thing it is so i thought that was a nice little summary to Mm -hmm. start with are we done now yeah that's it i'm done thank you for joining (laughs) us on this week's now um look i didn't found a lot of documented stuff it's a lot of personal experiences and a lot of videos so i watched a lot um i found some really good newspaper reports and i i thought that i might just change it up Sorry, a little, and do some awesome newspaper reports and things like that. Right, okay, so this one, well, actually, I'm not going to start with a newspaper report. I'm going to start <laughs> talking about being all over the place uh, with this from uh, Dead Air UK. And they are talking about the ghost of the Scottish Piper. Uh-huh. Uh, often heard playing bagpipes, bagpipes on the battlements. The ghost is more of a legend to the people in the town. Uh, than it is a reality. Now, I just want to have a little talk to you about bagpipes. I used to be a high school music teacher. Mm-hmm. We had a young man that was going to do bagpipes for the HSC. <laughs> right. Now, look, it takes a lot of, you know, um, skill? A, lot of, a lot of skill and good elbow movement on your bag under your armpit you've got to have good wind you've got to blow that thing up and you've got to know just how to squeeze your bag as you get the whistles happening Mm -hmm. um and this he would try practicing in the music rooms and of course that was surrounded by uh woodworking (laughs) woodworking departments and science labs and we'd get complaints So what I would do is I would send him out to the um, oval. The uh, well, no, it was I started off with the PE department where they used to store all their balls and hoops and ropes ah, and yes. things like that. Yep. So we send him over there, and um, then the PE department—that's a physical torture department, <laughs> physical education <laughs> department. That's another one where Renata always had her period. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I did uh, like the vaulting horse, though. Did For you? some odd reason, that you entertained like, me. You like to throw your legs over things. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, and um, so, yeah, we got complaints from that department. So I literally did have to send him across the other side of the field. Oh, poor guy. We could still hear him. <laughs> clearly. So when they're talking about the bagpiper on the battlements, uh-huh. I'm just saying... I don't think it's a ghost. I think it's someone in town that's practicing their bagpipes. He was a lovely, lovely, lovely guy um, and very understanding. And um, he, when he actually did his HSC, he wore his kilt and sporran oh, and everything. It was fabulous. Was beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, that's just my thoughts on the Scottish Piper. Debunked. <laughs> um, there is also a ghost of a prison guard that's said to wander in the notorious men's wing 
often reported as a dark shadow, and others have felt the sensation of being pushed out of the way. Mm -hmm. Now, I actually have a, a personal story on that one, which I'll share with you shortly as well. Uh, now, one of the other reported things that tends to happen uh, is that uh, electronic equipment plays up in there mm-hmm. and you'll have batteries that were full of charge just suddenly die. Mm-hmm. Um, you, your cameras won't work. They mentioned the word fairy, didn't they? <laughs> they must have. We've already had trouble today because I said the word fairy earlier. Um, <laughs> we I love apo- you, fairies. I apologise to the fairies. Uh, the, there was uh, this story here where they said um, they were videoing and they had a strange moment in the, this men's wing when a battery powering my camera and the microphone fell onto the stone floor, having been seemingly pulled out from inside their pocket. Oh, that's interesting. That's, that's very really interesting. cool. Yeah. Um, so at first they thought they were clumsy and then they found out that that had happened to other things. And this is why it's really important when you are on a ghost tour or you're doing a paranormal investigation and you're having something that's happening to you and you just put it aside as, oh, that's just my imagination or, or that's just blah, blah, blah. You should mention it because there might be other people who are having the same experience as you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when it's happening to multiple people, that is of interest rather than yes. that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, now... We do have the mention of this Edwin MacArthur, and apparently this is a name that was picked up by a medium mm-hmm. in the men's wing, and uh, he's a violent man in life, and apparently he is violent in death as he gets blamed for physically assaulting people in cell 18. Mm-hmm. It's claimed that he was uh, this was his cell up until he was executed in 1850. However, right. There yeah. is no record of any criminal having ever been executed here or even served time under that name. Yes. But it seems to still pop up every investigation. Oh, maybe they've read all of the places yeah. that his name is. Whoever this poor soul is is now totally famous, although yep. he doesn't exist. Yeah. And have they now created this entity? Yes. Yep. By talking about it all the time. And this, once again, has Mm -hmm. come from some person who's gone on a tour and gone, I'm getting the name Edward, Edward MacArthur. Or was it, was it Most Haunted? Was it Derek? I can't remember. I don't think Derek was on this one. Um, uh, And, yeah, so you've developed a legend. becomes an urban, urban legend. Yeah. You've just got to find that one article that goes, you know what, this isn't true. Nobody else has bothered to look. They just mm. assumed. And the thing is that, you know, when it came to the hangings, there were documents that would detail exactly who was hung. Yes, it had hanged. to be documented. Yep. Mm. So they talk about the several TV and radio shows um, where they've just constantly got technical problems, batteries draining faster than normal, um, and also in the crowd, people who are there just have a look, have trouble with their mobile phones going from fully charged to flat within minutes. Mm -hmm. So when we go, I'm going to take my brand new GoPro 10 that I got for a Christmas present and my three spare batteries. Mm -hmm. And they're all going to be fully charged mm-hmm. and we'll be ready for those mother chuckers. We shall. We <laughs> shall. you drain my battery? Sure. Why not? I've got another. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I got excited about that. Uh, so um, even one of the sceptical museum staff that this person spoke to said that they've heard doors slamming at times when they know that there is nobody around and the doors themselves are thick metal doors 
and not likely to be moved around by causing a draft. Now, mm-hmm. we know that at Maitland Jail, we've got some of those thick, heavy doors and they, they don't get blown around in the draft. No. However, above the kitchen block, I have seen them do it. But they've got this a uh, lot of open windows they there. They do. Yeah. Uh, it's a very drafty area, and I've seen it in Five Wing. But Five Wing, they're um, they're wooden doors. Mm-hmm. They're not metal. And there is there is a corridor that is drafty. yeah. It's, it's a wind tunnel yep. basically. It's a wind tunnel. Um, other sightings include a shadow. Woo! Uh, sorry, I normally seen near the execution spot, and mischievous children. Mm-hmm. mischievous children in the family wing. Now, why would there be mischievous children in the family wing, Renata? Because there were children locked up <gasps> in the jail. Oh, fancy that. Is there any, are there any reports of prior to the jail of when it was actually a castle? No. Anything about ye oldie ghosties? No, not oh. that I've got. Oh, that's interesting. Do you have something? No. I was just wondering because, I mean, it was a castle for quite a number of, of oh, years. Oh, the whole land is bloodshed. Yes. So why are we just seeing the ghosts of the jail and not ones that were prior to oh, that? Oh, you're thinking way too much, Renata. I'm sorry. Did it hurt? Oh, God. <laughs> smack me. such a bitch. I will, when we are there, we are going to explore that. We will. We'll ask for an oldie, oldie, ye oldie, oldie, ghost. ye oldie ghostie to come forward. But they don't speak to, and look, it'd be understandable. I like that comment where they said um, they weren't speaking to those who weren't of a Welsh or Scottish accent. They would only, and they were only speaking to Scottish or Welsh people, and they wouldn't respond to anyone who had more of an English accent. Hmm. Because it makes sense. Yes, totally. So maybe that is ye oldie Englishy ghosties. Maybe that does go back to that time. So we need to do some recordings there. Oh, yes, please. Awesome. All right. right, I'm going to go on to this this great little story I found on Scribed, would you believe? I found a newspaper article, which then on further research led me to this. Um, So the one that I found was on the dailyrecord.com co.uk um, and it talks about the experience of a paranormal investigator and uh, what happened to him in there and it's pretty full on mm-hmm. so I think his name is David Forrest it doesn't actually mention it in the article but the newspaper article seems to like 80% match what this story is I'd already had experience of the spirits at the jail on a couple of previous paranormal investigations there. During one visit in 2017, I'd been standing on a chair while I was getting up my, setting up my camera when unseen hands had suddenly pushed me off the chair. I'd fallen to the ground and rolled across the floor. He must have done parkour. Mm. My son's taught me how to roll. I Sadly, I have to survive the fall <laughs> first. <laughs> I've had two lessons in parkour. Oh, you're an expert. Oh, I am an expert. I could teach it now. Uh, he said, luckily I hadn't been hurt, but some spirit had certainly had it in for me. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> Renata had to quit parkour. She just wasn't as gifted no. as me. <laughs> no. She hurt no. herself on the first go, <laughs> I think first it was. go, I hurt myself. <laughs> Do you put your neck I'm out? Done. I'm done. That's it. But you were good on the balancing beat. We oh, must find that was. video and put it up of oh. Renata doing parkour. It's fabulous. 
Um, and then us, us doing the vaults. Remember, you did like the vault where he was teaching. This is my son. Newcastle Parkour, giving it a shout out. Uh, and I just have to also say my son, uh, Alex, marries this most beautiful lady Saturday week. Her name is Sarah. And I'm so excited to have them finally get married. Bloody Rona, nick off. Anyway, um, I'm so totally sidetracked there. Right. Wasn't hurt. Did parkour roll. So <laughs> I've oh, been that's in, where we are. Yep. I've no doubt that we were in for an interesting night when Mark, Paul, Lily and I arrived at the jail, bubbling with excitement <laughs> as we set up our paranormal investigation equipment and started the investigation. It was just after 11pm when we went into cell four, where we turned on our spirit box. <laughs> That's my spirit box impression. A device like a modified radio that transmits spirit voices. Mm. <laughs> oh, let's... Mm, maybe, maybe not quite right, but um, all right. The spirit box crackled into life. Help! 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 Cell 8! A ghostly female voice also moaned. Let me try that again. Help! 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 Cell 8! Moaned a ghostly female voice in plaintive tones. Was that better? Yes. Thank you. We stood staring at each other in stunned silence for a few seconds. Oh, now, if I could have used my new Roadcaster Pro, I would have put the cricket sound right mm-hmm. there. <clears throat> Come on, let's go, I urged the group. We rushed up the corridor to the cell eight. The others raced into the cell while I stood in the doorway, looking into the cell through the viewer of my night vision camcorder. But when I leant over the threshold into the cell, the camcorder turned itself off. Ooh. You know what that means? He forgot to press record. <laughs> happens to me all the time. But when I leant... Uh, sorry, yep, I turned it back on. And when I stepped over the threshold again... Oh, no, the same thing happened again. Oh, see, <gasps> there you go. He's been a proper investigator there and trying out the equipment yet again. Sorry, I've just... My computer's decided to shut itself off. And I've, I've got to prepare because I've got to show Renata something. And I've just put the wrong password in. Um, I'll fix that up in a second. Uh, right, I'm, I'm ready now. After the camcorder had switched off four times... I was in no doubt a spirit was tampering with the device. The entity... It's either that or his, his card was full. No, no, it's the spirit. The entity was trying to show us it was there. A blast of cold air just hit me. Mark, who has psychic abilities, whispered suddenly. I feel like I'm doing one of my ghostwriter stories. <laughs> oh, no. I felt it too, Paul agreed, who is also a medium. There's a spirit presence in here. At that moment, I looked at the screen of the camcorder and I gasped in utter shock. <gasps> oh, that was so good, Renata. Thank you. We don't need the sound effect board. No. Uh, a ghostly face was staring back at me. Now, I have got this said face up for Renata to see. Um, the spirit was of a woman with a white face and black hollow eyes. She was wearing a dark cloak with a hood, hood pulled up over her head. Hands trembling. I panned the camcorder away, then back again. The spooky face was still there, peering at me through the screen. Oh, you know what we've got to do when we go there. We've got to find the cell. Yep. So it's still like, we've got to take a photo of that. Yes, we do. Uh, The hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. You're going to have to come and look at this right now. I hissed to the others. Actually, 
You're going to have to come and look at this right now. I hissed at the others. They came. <gasps> and looked at the camcord viewer. <laughs> oh my God. What story am I reading here? <laughs> I think I've gone to the dark side. They all gasped in unison. Looking back, we stood dazed and astonished, goggling at the screen <clears throat> rather than Googling. We were actually looking at a spirit and the spirit was looking right back at us. I can't believe what I'm seeing, I said shakily. When I looked over the top of the camcorder to where the spirit would have been standing, she wasn't visible to the naked eye. But when I looked back at the viewer, she was there watching us. A few other people had cameras too, but she wasn't as visible on theirs. Or she wasn't visible on theirs. Only the camcorder. I wasn't filming with the camcorder, so I quickly snapped a photo on my camera. The spirit stayed there on the screen for about five minutes before it gradually faded away. That was incredible, I gasped. (gasps) (laughs) You've seen the look on her face. Oh, dear. What what face was that, Renata? I'm not not going there. All right, so you can see the face. I can. I can. Um... So about two weeks later, we went back to Jedburgh Castle, Jedburgh, sorry, Castle Jail for another paranormal investigation. At just after 11 o'clock at night, the same time we'd seen the spirit previously, we went back to cell eight, hoping against hope that she'd make an appearance again. Panning around in the cell door with my camcorder, cam- camcorder, I spotted her in exactly the same place as she'd been before, just like the last time. She gazed at us through the screen for several minutes, and then she disappeared. Oh, dear. Again, it was around 11.15 that we saw the spirit, just like last time. Oh, we're not going to be able to be there at 11.15. Now, I can't go... I can't wait to go back to Jedburgh <laughs> Castle Jail to see if we can make contact with the spirit again. So, would you like to describe what you're seeing there, Renata? And we'll put it up on the uh, True Hauntings uh, Facebook page group mm-hmm. too. It is a image that seems to be rounded at the top and it looks like it's got um, a darkened area around what could be a head uh, with then a lighter area around that. Um, it's got one darkened area in the middle where could assume it's an eye and then it sort of fades down into nothing so yeah i don't actually see a woman it looks like a man to me because that looks like a mustache although women in those days may not have plucked as well as we do Mm. these days it depends on what um what you're looking at and from what perspective you're looking at because when i'm looking at it from the side view yes you could say it is a mustachioed man but when i'm looking at it full-on front-on Um, you're seeing the face at an angle. But my question is, is it something that is impressed into the wall? And when when you look at it, yeah, it gives you that. Because the thing that gave it away was that it was in the same place um, and staring in the same way. Yeah. In that article. Yeah, if he's seen exactly the same thing yeah. at exactly the same time of night, I'm wondering if there's some sort of automatic light that comes on somewhere so that it appears for that amount of time and then that goes away, so therefore it disappears. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to think logically, you know, it's it's environmental circumstances that 
causes it to appear because mm-hmm. the light is in a certain angle. And look, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a ghost. Maybe it is. We were not there. We didn't have that experience. Uh, it is very, very hard to tell from a photograph that has been sent in. Um, and from the photograph, it's difficult to tell. It is. It's, it's interesting, absolutely, but can we officially say that that is a, um, a ghost capture? We can't because we weren't there. We didn't understand the circumstances it was being taken under. Now, there is one other photo that was taken, and this was supposed to be a selfie gone wrong moment, apparently. Uh, yes, uh, yes, and yes. There was, uh, I think it was a school child. I can't actually find the story in my notes right now, uh, where they... Um, so this is a child from St. Boswell was visiting Jedburgh Castle and they've, they've tried to take a, a selfie. Um, but when they were going back through the photos, they realised that over their shoulder, you know, so that you can see the cell door is open and the door is open to the side, there is a, um, a figure, and it's, it's definitely a figure. They look like they're carrying a bucket or something, very blurred, um, it, it's almost like a projection. black and white. It uh, looks like a projection. Well, but it, I mean, it may not be. It it possibly isn't, but yeah. it kind of, you know, some of the jails have these project, projections that they show yeah. in the jails now um, to sort of give you an appearance of, you know, someone in the cell. Yeah, uh, I actually did find... Uh, the the photos from uh, another one that somebody had just put up as a photo from the jail and they have these like cardboard cutouts mm-hmm. that are done in pen and ink style so like you know that's the outlines and slightly scribbled yes um that exactly looks like one of those oh right okay yeah so i'd say that that's what because they're saying it's floating in the doorway but the bloody husband rings every time we try to record uh so yeah we can see that that is um it is a cut one of those cardboard cutouts yeah Mm. uh anyway that was a nice attempt but Renata, we Mm -hmm. are going to be heading to Scotland very soon and there is something I wanted to share with you that is very close to my heart. Right. And I would like you to describe to people what you're watching because the the Scottish people are such beautiful, wonderful, cultured people and by God, they look good in kilts. Yes. Have you ever wondered what was under the kilt? Oh, no. Join with me, Renata, as we watch Kilted Yoga. Oh, so what are you seeing oh. here? Oh, I'm, yeah. I just let, let me be quiet for a moment I, and I, enjoy. I will put this up onto the True Hauntings page. <laughs> so we're looking at these two rather buff, buff, buff young men <laughs> yeah. with uh, messy hair. Yeah. Um, that Adding, oh, yes. That are doing <laughs> very, very weird nice. movements mm, with, with a kilt on. Wearing kilts and they've got these beautiful, it's like this one's serenity and they're holding their hands out over a stream and the beautiful Scottish countryside. Side yes, and now and this one's all oh 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 oh, 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 oh um yeah oh oh oh, oh okay um oh, yeah. I want to go to do yoga while I'm there <laughs> with please. that pair. So what they decided to do at the very end, there, ladies and gentlemen, were do some handstands yes. with their kilts on. Yeah, and we can now confirm. Yeah, they wear nothing under their kilts. <laughs> 
very nice. So if you'd like to check that out, it's called Kilted Yoga. It's had almost a million views. There are a lot of dirty old women out there and men just like us. Um, so um, that that's all I've actually got for this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Her glasses thank, thank have, God. have fogged up. <laughs> We're not even asking the question, is it haunted? Is it haunted? Is it haunted, Anne? Well, look, it's one of these places where, you know, there was horrible shit that happened and, and uh, there was bribes and jailers. And, and yeah, let's go and find there, out. There's nasty, dark shit there, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm swearing I shouldn't be. Um, so uh, can I say it's haunted for sure? Oh, why not? I'm going to say it's haunted. Awesome. But I want to find out. What about you? Yeah, me too. I want to go find the Scotsman. Never mind the ghost. Thank you for joining us on this week's very naughty episode of True Hauntings. I hope you've enjoyed it. And thank you so much to all those beautiful people who have left us some awesome reviews. Thank you. Oh, we appreciate it. And we've been cutting them out and putting them onto Instagram to share with you all. So... Get, leave us a review if you can, and we might even start a bit of a competition up, Renata. Yes. The review of the week gets a prize. Well, well maybe, maybe not the review of the week, because we're going to be broke if we try to send out <laughs> prizes every week. Let's do a review of the month. So um, for those who can leave a review, now I think it's the ones that we can see are on iTunes and also um, our Facebook yeah, on Facebook. On Facebook and yes. Renata Frightfully Good or yep. on the True Hauntings podcast yep. family page. Uh, if you leave a review for True Hauntings, telling people how much you like it, but preferably on iTunes, guys, if you can leave it there, um, we're going to pick the, the, just a name randomly. We're not going to say the best review. We're going to pick a name randomly uh, and we will send you a little merch pack with uh, a coffee mug and a pen and a key ring and some stickers and whatever other shit we can find to throw in there that we need to get out of the house. Um, to say thank you so one will be picked randomly at uh, the beginning of May and we will send it to anywhere in the world that will allow us to post it there so everyone in the world you are welcome to come and leave a review big shout out to Bonnie thank you Bonnie for the uh, putting this together today uh, Newcastle Live Radio thank you for letting us borrow Bonnie and don't forget to check out Spooky Sunday's podcast now we've got to go love yeah. you all yeah. What do you say, Renata? Uh, we'll meet you on the dark side. Oh, my God. <laughs> see you on the I'll dark see side. see you on the Jesus, dementia setting in and stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.